0: You are listening to the Jag Bros podcast. We are three brothers who love the Jacksonville Jaguars in the good times and the bad and in the big times. And this Sunday, we have Sunday night football in Jacksonville. It's a teal out in Everbank. We're taking on the 10 and 3 Baltimore Ravens. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys right from the start, 1 to 10, with 10 being extremely confident. How are
1: y'all feeling for this game on Sunday night? I'm excited for the game, but I'm not uh, very confident in the Jaguars. want them to play well. I know that they can play well, but the question is, who's going to show up during this game? Is it going to be the team that turned it around in London and won five in a row and could have beaten the Ravens, or is it going to be the same team that we've seen after the bye that's 2 and 3 and is just not playing well and it's kind of clunky. So I'll give us a 4 out of 10 right now in my confidence scale of who's showing up and who is going
2: to win for the Jaguars. The NFL is a week to week league and literally anything can happen in the NFL and look no further than what happened on the Monday Night Football games, right? We saw a terrible Tennessee team pull off a shocking upset Over Miami, followed by the fact that a Green Bay Packers team, which is super hot, just beat the Chiefs the week before, turn around and look lose to the Giants. Anything can happen. And so for the first time since 2008, we got a home game on a Sunday night game against a team that historically we played pretty well against in the Baltimore Ravens. Bring it on. Let's let's bring on the excitement. Let's let's make it a 10.
0: A 10. Well, speaking of history, yeah, I was just remembering last year, the incredible home game and the beautiful 28 to 27 victory over the Ravens. So maybe history will repeat itself, but I'm nervous about this game. I'm going to go ahead and give us a five. This Ravens team has played very well this season and they are sitting at the top of the AFC strong offense strong defense but here's what we're going to do in this episode we're going to talk about injuries and just the updates the impact for the Jacksonville Jaguars we're going to break down our offense against the Ravens defense and then we're also going to look at our defense against the Ravens offense We're going to give you some keys offensively and defensively to how the Jaguars win Sunday night on primetime, and then we are going to give you each of our predictions for the final score on Sunday. So JT, kick us off with, tell us what's going on with some of our guys on the injury report.
2: Yeah, the list continues to grow, especially in the last two weeks with several players uh, on the injury reserve list, and some are, are a little bit more critical than others. We'll start with the positive. Jamal Agnew, uh, his window for release from IR opens, and he actually, uh, we're recording this Wednesday evening, he did put in a limited practice on Wednesday, so there's, there's some hopeful signs there. Also, Trevor Lawrence practiced in full, so he is not limited at all, which is a great sign too. Uh Zay Jones still limited with the knee. I, I think we talked about that in breaking down the Browns game. Um, he, he did not quite have the same level of separation that we've seen at times in the past. Uh, ETN also was limited. Uh, also, good news. Ezra Cleveland um, did practice some as well. There seems to be some soreness. And also, again, we're recording this Wednesday, but it seems like the groin injury that Cisco hurt in the in the uh, Bengals game, and we're talking about his play uh, on against the Browns, I think part of that may be because he's still suffering from that injury. Uh, he was actually a do not did not practice on Wednesday. So uh, he's trending in the wrong direction at this point. Same with Tyson Campbell. So there's a very good chance that we're going to be playing a lot of uh, backup guys in the secondary. Um, and then finally, Walker Little, because there's so many injuries to go through, uh, did also have a limited practice on Wednesday. Christian Kirk, of course, will continue to be out uh, this weekend. But if we can get back Agnew, if we can get back Cleveland and some of these other guys, I think those would be massive um guys the only other one sorry one other person to call out trey herndon um who suffered the concussion in the bengals game i would expect him to play this sunday
0: yeah absolutely and as always we say you know watch these because several of these will be game time decisions i love that jt that there are some positive notes especially on the offensive line because that has been an area like the secondary with a lot of injuries so if we could get Cleveland back and little back on Sunday, that would be massive.
1: That will be massive because we will absolutely need them going up against this Ravens defensive line, which we will now uh, segment over to our Jags offense against this tough, tough Ravens defense. They are number one in sacks right now with 47 sacks on the season What do you guys think we need to do to stop this Ravens defense from getting to Trevor?
0: The Ravens pass rush is the opposite of ours. Number one in their sack leader is actually their defensive tackle. He has 11 sacks for the season, which is substantially higher than the entire Jaguars interior line. So our Offensive guards, our center, is going to need to lock down their defense tackles, their interior pass rush, and you have to watch out for Mike McDonald. Their defensive coordinator loves to blitz. He's known as one of the most aggressive blitzers in the NFL, and when he looks at that injury report that JT just read earlier, he may be licking his lips thinking, we're going to send a lot of pressure against the Jaguars on Sunday, so I think you're going to have to see Press Taylor leave some tight ends back, leave a running
2: back to block, and make sure that Trevor Lawrence is protected at all cost. You know what's interesting, Jack, is if you look at the blitz rate, um, they're actually pretty middling for, for the Baltimore Ravens compared to the the Vikings, who actually blitz the highest in the NFL, <laughs> around forty seven percent. The 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 Ravens are only about 25%. I do agree. I think we'll see some blitzes uh, or some additional blitzes by this Ravens team. But a lot of what he does is exotic. And and one of the things that uh, there are certain defensive coordinators that will, hey, hey, this is our style, line up and play, and you guys are just going to have to beat our our fastball, kind of Mariano Rivera style. We're going to throw you a fastball every time. We think we're good enough to do that. He is somebody who will actually scout out the the other team and really create a game plan week to week, um, tailored to the specific defenses, or excuse me, the specific offenses that they play. So he's very well respected. And if you look across the board defensively, they're number one in yards per play, they're number two in points per game, they're number two in red zone, they're number four in passing. Uh, they lead the NFL in sacks. They're they're really Top five in pretty much every single category, except for the run. They're a little bit middling, which doesn't matter because the Jaguars can't run the ball anyways, but it's going to be a huge challenge. And they're very similar to the Browns defense in a lot of ways, except for the fact that they get to the quarterback much more frequently um, with the sack pressure.
1: Their secondary is no slouch either. They're coming into this game with 11 interceptions already. That's about 13th in the league. And they have one uh, real star on the secondary, Gino Stone, who has six of their 11 interceptions just himself. So Trevor's going to have to watch out for that safety, Gino Stone, because he seems to be uh, a ball hawk looking to pick off Trevor.
0: JT, you brought this up earlier that it seems like the only potential weakness is against the run. So you look at the Ravens, they're 10-3, and three, and you look at those losses or even the games where they've struggled defensively, such as last week against the Rams, and typically the other team has had very strong games on the ground. So last week, Kyron Williams for the Rams, who's looking like a beast at a young age, he had 114 yards on the ground. You look at the Browns game in Week 10 that the Ravens lost, they ran all over the Ravens with 114 in 78 yards on the ground and then their loss against the colts in week three zach moss goes for over 120 yards on the ground but you said jd you know i don't know what you do with that because the last four out of five games for the jaguars we have not gotten over 81 yards on the ground so does that even matter that this could be a potential hole do you think we run the ball a lot or is this going to be another game like last week where trevor lawrence throws 50 passes
2: yeah, I mean the, the four. You're exactly right. the The formula is to be able to run the ball. The formula is to to let the rate, excuse me, to keep up with the Ravens. They've been scoring almost thirty points offensively every single game. And the games that they've lost, it's the Browns when they scored thirty three uh, uh, points, and and the Ravens actually scored thirty one in that game. Um, the Colts, it was a game in the play to the twenties. The Steelers was actually a fairly low scoring affair, but look, it's, it's a team that can score and score quickly. And it's a team that, um, is used to taking a, a, a lead in the first half and just being able to ride that out. And so I think offensively, it's going to be critical what we do in the first quarter, uh, to keep the game pressure on the Ravens the entire game.
1: Yeah, there's going to have to be a way that we figure out how to start up this run, whether it's going back to the Wildcat. We had a little bit of success against the Browns with that uh, or some way of getting uh, Travis Etienne just right outside the tackle instead of sweeps uh, doing maybe some counters. I I don't know, but the run offense has to get started and it can't be the traditional way because – We get our, our offensive line just gets absolutely blown up and it's going to go for negative yards. If we try to run the traditional up the guard or center, and we're just not strong enough to move any defensive line, especially the Ravens defensive line.
0: That's a good call on the wildcat. We've run that more than I've seen the Jaguars maybe ever do. And We have seen a little bit of success. The reality is we cannot run the ball up the middle. Just like you said, Joey, I I would love to see our stats on that. Maybe one yard per carry running the ball up the middle, if that. And it seems as though we have our greatest strength running the ball to the left-hand side. But that's only going to be the case if we have several of our starting guys back for the line. So, it's going to be interesting to see what the Jaguars offense tries to do to get the run started because it needs to happen.
2: Yeah. The, the only other thing that I have concerned about is the fact that uh, what I mentioned that their defense coordinator is very good at creating game plans. We just saw what Evan Ingram did 11, 11 catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. I would not be surprised if he specifically devises a game plan for, for the, Evan Ingram's abilities now Cleveland was the number one defense against tight end so maybe we can overcome that considering how well Evan Ingram has been playing recently but I if 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 they take away Evan Ingram somebody else is going to have to step up whether that's Zay Jones whether that's Ridley whether that's ETN out of the backfield or miraculously uh, running the ball our options start to look a little bit scary if you if you're able to, to quiet him.
0: Well, I know Joey called out Calvin Ridley by name in our last episode, so maybe we'll have a bounce-back game for offense. But let's switch fields now. Let's look at our defense going up against the Ravens offense. And JT, you pointed this out earlier that the Ravens have scored a ton of points in pretty much every game. Their defense has been strong, and I was looking at just the point differential. So the Ravens are 10-3, and we're and 5 But the Ravens' average victory is more than 11 points per game, where ours is about 1.5 points per game. So so the Ravens have been dominant on both offense and defense. But when we talk about breaking down the Ravens' offense, it all revolves around Lamar Jackson, their superstar quarterback. He's at 2,934 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, 6 picks. And then he uses that 4-3 speed to have 644 yards on the ground, five touchdowns. So what do you guys want the Jaguars defense to do on Sunday against Lamar Jackson in the Ravens offense?
2: The the Ravens are a weird team. They're they're a top-four team scoring. They score almost 28 points per game, only behind Miami, Dallas, and the 49ers. So they're very good in that department. But if you watch their games and you look at their yards per game, like there's not a whole lot of things that are that, that impressive. I mean, most of Lamar's stats are still right around kind of that, that eight to 12 range, which is right in line with where Trevor uh, where Trevor's stats are too. And so there seems to be a disc you, you it's weird. you look up and all of a sudden it, whether it's a turnover that created a short field or a good return or an or a or a penalty, they're finding ways to manufacture points. And so I think the biggest key for us is just limit their ability to quote unquote manufacture points um I, I think that will go a long way.
1: We have to stop the run. They are a running team first with pass secondary. They've gotten a little more into the passing lately with Gus Edwards hurt, uh, but they are still first in the NFL uh, rushing per game with 157.1 yards. And they're also very good on third down percentages with a 42.7% We have to be able to get them off the field on third down. We cannot let them continuously make drives last longer than they need to. We need to get our defense off the field and have the offense on the field as much as possible. So third down defense is also going to be imperative during this game. That's a great call
0: out, Joey, because this is what makes Lamar Jackson so dangerous when it's that third and three, third and four, third and five, and he rolls out of that pocket. He's a big guy, 6'2", 210, 215, and he's fast and you've got to watch out for the run or the pass because he's averaging over five yards per carry. And so that's what makes it dangerous. And his ability to elude tackles. So when I zero in on that third down conversion, how do the Jaguars defense slow Lamar down, how they slow down the run, it comes down to tackling. And I think our defense has been fantastic for the first about 10, 11 weeks. And then these last two or three weeks, we have been really bad. So if we have any hope of slowing down Lamar, slowing down this offense, we've got to be really clean, really crisp, really sound in our tackling.
1: Yeah. I, I One thing I do want to point out about our defense this year that has never really been done with uh, the Jaguars in years past is... I think our defense is pretty good against mobile quarterbacks this year. We did really well against Anthony Richardson when he was coming out during the first game running the ball a lot. We were able to get him to the sideline and get him out of bounds. Uh we kept Patrick Mahomes from running the ball a bunch in the second game and we also kept Josh Allen from running the ball too much as well when we played them uh the Buffalo Bills. So I'd like to see how we stack up against Lamar Jackson and keeping him in the pocket. I think we've done a pretty good job against mobile quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. And and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, neither one of them are running as much as they used to too. So while they obviously can hurt you, um, I agree with you. I think I think we've done a nice job, and I think part of that is because of our, our edge rushers, right? I think um, Tre- Trevon Walker and uh, Josh Allen have done such a nice job at, at holding the edge. Josh Allen, really the only person that's getting the pressure uh, at this point consistently. But either way, it's taking out a dangerous thing, and the fact that they don't have Mark Andrews this game will only help us, too.
0: Yeah, so without Mark Andrews, who's their number one target from a passing attack, you're going to look at a couple other options for Lamar. You have rookie Zay Flowers. He's actually their leading receiver with 673 yards, three touchdowns. You're going to see OBJ out there. He actually is their number two wide receiver right now. And then in place of Mark Andrews, You'll have Isaiah Likely, their tight end, who had a strong game last week. So those are, from a passing standpoint, from a coverage standpoint, the three guys you really have to watch out for.
1: Yeah, this is a uh, a fairly good wide receiver core. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has been coming on strong of lately. He started off real slow this season, but it seems like he's gotten back into his groove a bit. Uh, he's kind of the opposite of Calvin Ridley, who started off fast and has really kind of slowed down and it's opposite Odell Beckham started off slow but as sped up he realized that this is a really good Ravens team and he needs to perform and he's done that so our is in for a bit of a challenge with him playing well Zay Flowers that are really good rookie is playing well with over 673 yards as you said Jack three touchdowns averaging over 10.5 yards a catch this is going to be a, a, a little bit of a challenge for the secondary and especially since we're banged up
2: back there too a challenge for sure but like we said at the beginning of the episode anything can happen in the nfl and so guys we have we've tried to break down this game um and one of the things that we always want to do is give keys to the game both offensively and defensively that hey if the jaguars do this They're most likely going to win the game. And so, Jack, take us first. What are the keys to the game on the offense, defense? And if you want to sprinkle in a little special teams, do that as well. I just don't
0: love this game in so many ways. You know, I desperately want us to break the two-game losing streak. And you're right, JT, the NFL is week to week. And if we can somehow get a win on Sunday night, a lot of the past mistakes are going to be forgiven because we're going to be sitting in a much better spot with great momentum into the final three games that each of them should be very, very winnable. But how do we find a way to win on Sunday night offensively? My key is Trevor's got to be Superman. Trevor has got to have a game where he is significantly better than Lamar Jackson, which is going to be a challenge because Lamar Jackson will probably have a pretty strong game. But as I was looking at and thinking about the game last year against the Ravens, we go out and win 28 to 27. Lamar has a strong game, about 250 yards. He, He doesn't have a good completion game. But Trevor Lawrence has a fantastic game. He's 29 for 37, 321 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I think he's going to have to have a game at that level, if not a little bit better. And then defensively, I think we need to have a very strong first half. Whatever that looks like, I think we need to keep the Ravens to single digits. Whether that's one touchdown or three field goals,
1: we need to keep them to under 10 and have the lead going into the half. I like uh, your statement about starting strong on the defense in the first half. I'm going to take it a little further and say we need to have a strong first drive on defense. We were killing it at the beginning of the season, not letting anyone score on us on the first drive. And I feel like the last two games, both of them ended up scoring a touchdown on the very first drive. The defense needs to set the tone quickly on the first drive and either get a three and out, a turnover or something to start this game off with the defense starting strong. And then offensively uh, a huge key, I'm going to put it on one body part. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence's ankle. He's going to need to be able to move around during this game because the offensive line will not be able to hold that defensive line of the Ravens very strongly or very longly. So he is going to have to be able to move around and extend plays because he's not going to have that much time back there. And it's going to all rely, hopefully, on his ankle and it being strong, because he's going to have to move around and extend those plays.
2: Jack, you stole my thunder. Uh, that game last year was Trevor's breakout game, three touchdowns over 300 yards passing. He was fantastic. We obviously win the game uh, with a gutsy decision to go for two in the wind at the end of the game, which paid off there. It was a massive, massive step for us in the early part of our, of our win streak going into the playoffs. And so look that we, we talked about the, 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 the formulas there. I, I think, Ideally, you could say, well, ETN gets 125 to 150 yards, but realistically, that's not going to happen in the state of our running attack. I also agree with you, Jack. I think Trevor needs to have 325 passing yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions. Like that, that I think we have to have in order for us to be able to win, because that means we're, we're finishing drives. It means we're, we're holding the ball. means we're moving the ball against this Ravens defense. And if we're able to do that, I feel really good offensively about us being able to put up enough points to potentially win on the defensive side of the ball. Look, we've seen it week after week after week now, and it's these massive big plays, a blown assignments or a missed tackle here or there where, where teams go for 35 yards and oftentimes end up with a touchdown. And so for me, it's going to be limiting those big plays. I, I think against the Texans, I gave us one play of 35 yards or more. This one, I'm going to have to say zero. We can have zero plays of 35 yards or more against this this Ravens team. Make them earn every single yard, every single first down, every single score, Um, and and really if if you're going to play more of a bend-don't-break defense, you can't bend-but-then-sometimes-break type of defense uh, or or else we're going to be in trouble. And one more key potentially
0: is going to be, JT, you were calling out earlier in the injury report, if Jamal Agnew is out there, I think you may need a big return from him on Sunday to potentially put the Jaguars over the top against the Ravens because we're going to have to do what it seems like we haven't done all season, and that is play at our
2: absolute best on Sunday. All right, predictions time. Last week, I predicted a loss, which I was thinking C.J. Beathard was going to be quarterback. I'd probably switch it knowing that Trevor was going to play. And and you guys predicted wins. Obviously, neither one of those or neither one of those things happened, and we were way off on the score predictions, considering the the lackluster performance our defense put up, and and in our offense playing slightly better, at least from the scoreboard perspective. But all right, what do you guys got? What's uh, at eleven o'clock Eastern on Sunday night? Who's winning this game? I'll go first
0: because I don't know that it's going to be over by 11 o'clock Eastern because I think this is going to be a high scoring game and look I've been negative on this game pretty much most of the episode and I actually have in my notes the final score of the Ravens 35 to the Jaguars 24 because I just don't like this game but hey This game is going to be eight days before Christmas and miracles can happen. And maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars get an early Christmas present, a Christmas miracle. I'm not changing the Ravens score, but maybe, just maybe, history will repeat itself and the Jaguars will go for two. We saw them do this last week against the Browns. Maybe they go for two and take that win. Trevor Lawrence is fantastic and the Jaguars Leave on top my official prediction. Forget the notes. Jaguars 36, Ravens
2: 35, Christmas miracle in Jacksonville. 36, 35. Man, the fans are going to love that outpouring of offense in that game.
0: Oh, yeah. The over under, I think, is either 42 or 43 points. I think it's going to be substantially higher than that.
2: Well, I'll go second, and then Joey, you can wrap us up. The Ravens have won seven out of last eight. Vegas has them three and a half point road favorites. And to your point, Jack, is a 43 um, over under. I certainly like the over in this game, especially how the Jaguars defense has been playing lately. And I think the offense is not going to be playing as bad as they played on the Browns, especially in front of their home fans. I think Trevor does it. I think this is finally the moment that Trevor builds on some of the momentum we have. He gets on the same page with Ridley and Zay Jones. They both have huge games. And I think the Jaguars pull this one out 27-24 with a last-second field goal by McManus to redeem some of the the critical misses he's had at times this year. And look, it's time. uh, Good teams don't lose three in a row, including a home game at night. It's time. Let's go out and win one for the fans and win one for this team. Hey, that would be a big game for us
0: defensively as well, holding them to 24 since the last two games against the Browns and Bengals against backup quarterbacks. Both of them scored over 30 points. But, Joey, it's your turn. Is it going to be three for three Jag bros, Jaguars victories?
2: We want to hear 56 nothing, Jags.
1: Uh, I'm not... Uh, as delusional as I was that weekend, I realized the mistakes that this Jag teams have been making. This has been the hardest game for me to predict. Uh, I've been going back and forth. This is a home game, which is a negative for the Jaguars, but we're also on a two game losing streak, which means that we're playing desperate. I think that's actually a plus for us. I don't think that we'll want to come out and lose a third, we're going to be fighting hard, I'll see a lot of effort, and I think that's going to be very good, but the Ravens are also coming in hot, and they have a very good defensive line, which is going to go up against our crappy offensive line, so I've just been going back and forth, back and forth, and I think that's how the game's going to go, it's going to be touchdown, touchdown, it's going back and forth, and they get a stop, we get a stop, they get a turnover, we get a turnover, it's going to be just back and forth, and I have it 31 to 30. The Jags lose by no!
2: one point. Joey we finally go. picking a loss for the first time.
1: I am, and I'm going to tell you that we go for the two-point conversion to win it just like last year. And Trevor Lawrence throws it to Calvin Ridley and he drops the game-winning play, and he is run out of Duval after this oh! game. Oh, oh No, no Christmas miracle. No Christmas miracle. Christmas nightmare. And its name is Agent Zero, Calvin Ridley, the disease that seems to be on this Jaguars uh, team.
2: Joe, you might have some repenting to do by, send, or by our next episode because I, I, I'm not as downtrodden on Calvin Ridley as you are.
1: I am very willing to give him an apology and Christmas wishes if he can come through next game against the Ravens. But if he shows up like he has in the last two games with misread routes, dropping touchdowns, and just not giving effort, then he is on the naughty list and is getting cold this Christmas.
0: Hey, maybe Trevor is listening right now and he's going to say, okay, I'm not going to throw it to Ridley. I'm either going to run it or throw it to Ingram on that play then.
1: I hope you're listening because I think we may win if Trevor does the old Superman reach for the end zone. Just, just stay away from Calvin Ridley, please.
2: <laughs> well, that's a bold prediction there by you, Joey. We'll see what happens kid. I'm, I'm not ready to, to run him out of town yet, but you know what? If your prediction comes true, I think there'll be fans ready to, to do that. Um, We're excited for the game Guys continue to to follow us on Twitter Follow us uh, on Instagram And some of the other platforms Engage with us We love hearing from you guys Especially some of the score predictions And other things And some of the surveys That we've been throwing out there Leave us a five star review Wherever you listen to podcasts And well we'll be cheering from a distance But we're hoping the fans can lock down the bank With
1: a big loud Dude Bro